Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. that saying new year new me that's not what we're about to get to we have the same person because he doesn't need improvement he doesn't need a resolution oh i want to be better how can you be better than perfect it's impossible that's why it's perfect to my right is Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. He is the editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website on the entire interwebs, Wow, Arrowhead Pride. Pete Sweeney! Good, good to be back. Pete Sweeney, how are you doing today, my man? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to Rob. I just said Happy New Year to Bink. Bink is bopping around over here somewhere. I said Happy New Year to Spec. So everyone has been... Wish a happy new year. I'm ready to talk about whatever you want to discuss. What's on your mind here today? I've been calling this preseason game number four. What are you calling this game? Yeah, that's basically what it's going to be. Preseason game number four. You know, you you got to the stadium today and you uh, heard Andy Reid. So I think it's even going to be worse uh, than, than maybe we thought it was going to be because it seems like Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco were banged up. And I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe there's an angle where these guys could get in the game just considering they're so close to a thousand. Maybe Rasheed more than... Isaiah, because he's been dealing with some things, but there's no way that either player plays if they're dealing with something even Wednesday, and there's no way that LeJerry Sneed plays. They're going to rest up that calf. Mahomes is already out of this game. I think maybe you see however many plays it takes to get Kelsey the 16, 17 yards, and and that's going to be it for starters. So, yes, this is very much a a preseason look. Out of their first scripted plays, how many targets do you think Travis Kelsey gets? Mm. Pass play, pass play should be all of them, right? Like, I think he's getting. I think. Right? I think Kelsey is getting four yeah. very early targets in this game. I think it is going to be obvious. I think it's going to be as obvious as Kobe's final game mm-hmm. when it just was, "Hey, Kobe, you take all the shots." Shoot I think they every... were going to let Kelsey take all the shots until he gets how many points he needs, and then he's coming out of the game. He needs sixteen. So that maybe that's two catches, maybe that's three catches. The old Kelsey would have been one catch. Yeah, you know, I, I don't disagree. I mean, it's almost almost could be one of these joke situations where Andy Reid runs one of these corners that go out to like seventeen yards down the field, and you just try to get it in one shot, and then he comes out of the game for good. Uh, he needs the rest, and so I I do think you you see him in at the beginning, but. As soon as they got that yardage, he's going to be done for the day, yeah. So this is what we were talking about at the very beginning of the show, and I'll give you a chance to chime in because I do want your opinion on this. Okay. When it comes to Travis Kelsey, sounds like you and I are on the same page. 
it's not to me as much about like letting him get to 1,000 yards for this individual season. It's about what it means in its totality. Eight straight at his position, getting to 1,000 yards at 34 years old. Whenever someone Googles Travis Kelsey, they're not going to remember, oh, well, in that final game, they just targeted him a bunch on the first possession. And that, that's not, we never remember those kind of right. things. When you look at his stats for eight straight years, he had over 1,000 yards. He played in just about every game. Like, this just continues to build the argument on why Travis Kelsey is the greatest player of all time in his position. You got to give him the opportunity to go out there and get it and try and play for You have to. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that that when you look at the history of the tight end position, there are some naysayers that will say, like, well, you know, Gronk was this elite blocker. You know, Tony G, same type of thing. But I think when you talk about offensive consistency and really I think like reinventing the position in a way and opening the door for guys, and I know really like it hasn't panned out yet for – a guy like Kyle Pitts and and certainly like a George Kittle and you know you're seeing more of these tight ends come come up and and them being almost offense first whatever you can do for us blocking second I I just think it's reinvented the position in a way and this is a big part of it it's just this idea that he's been able to have 1,000 yards for so many games in a row I, I think if you you know think about the rest of the season, the way it went, had he not been out for week one, he'd have it already and not have to suit up. But I, I think it is worth it for him to go out there because also too, if he does play next year, you're going to want to have the opportunity to make that nine in a row. And I, I know it's been a little bit of a down year by his standards, but you want to leave that possibility out there. And so I, I get why they'll run him out there and uh, hopefully he gets it uh, as soon as possible into the game and you avoid any kind of uh, dire scenario while you're doing it. So I think there's like three different kind of lanes for this conversation. That's the Travis Kelsey. Sounds like you and I are on the exact same page, right? Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco. I'm not even letting Isaiah Pacheco come to the game. Mm. <laughs> I'm, telling Isaiah, I'm telling Isaiah Pacheco to go see the sights. I'm Ooh. telling him to go to a Lakers game, go to a Clippers <laughs> game, go eat at Nobu. Ooh, Go no eat it, Mr. Nice Guy. That's what I'm telling Isaiah Pacheco. Same thing for Rasheed Rice. This is a Daenerys Prince game to me. Yeah. This is a Kadarius Tony. You get nine. This is your chance to be Albert Wilson this week. You get 14 targets this week. I'm not letting those guys play by any means necessary. And I also think one of the signs of being a good organization is paying out those bonuses. Right. You got a couple of players who are key players that are part that are the fabric of what you do here and why you want a division. This money doesn't even count against the salary cap. Right. Clark, pay this money. Pay 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 the 7th round pick, pay the rookie 2nd round pick. Thank them for everything they've done and how they've helped you. This is what a good company does and you take care of your guys. And there's also the strategy of those guys, especially Isaiah Pacheco, you need a rest. Yeah, I think the big one is Chris Jones. Because it's it's a lot of money, and it's a half a sack. And I think you look at this game, and I if they're not going to just pay out the bonus to the agreement that they came to, and you never know. It, it was, if you go back to the the negotiation, it kind of got a little dicey at the end there, and they just kind of put a, 
put a stopgap on it and didn't really solve anything, but it allowed Chris Jones to come and play, and you tried to build that money back into his contract. And so now he needs a half a sack for $1.25 million. And I, I think if I'm – and it's not my money, but if, if, it's, if it were, I mean, I, I think I would pay that. I'd say, Chris, we don't want to risk you, you getting hurt. And, and really, like, not even just from a it's a right thing to do standpoint, but from a business of success standpoint. Let's say Chris Jones in the process of trying to get a, a sack, and it's not as easy as the the tight end yardage that we were just talking about because you certain things have to happen for you to, to get to the yeah. quarterback. Like it's easier for Jones than, than than others, but it may take a little bit. Somehow he were to get hurt in the process of trying to get that half a sack in a meaningless game. Suddenly the Chiefs' playoff chances get slashed. I, I just think it makes all the sense in the world to pay that out. Let Chris Jones sit. They don't pay it out. He's going to want to play. I mean, I know Chris. I cover Chris. He's going to want to play. So that one is is particularly interesting to me. And that's where I think there's like the three categories because Kelsey is in his very unique one because of the historic right. meaning of all of this. Right, right, right. Rice and Pacheco, two young guys, pay them their money. The Chris Jones thing is interesting because we know that there was a pretty long period of time yeah. that they were not on the same page. I'm sure that my contract with my employer is very – there are certain bonus and incentives that you hit that, hey, if you do X, we will give you X amount of money. Mm-hmm. If you're going to tell me that my employer and the Chiefs – it would make sense to me if the Chiefs just told Chris Jones you were not playing this week because you are far too important and we can't run the risk. And they also didn't pay him like, hey, those are the breaks. You made the decision to not play in week one to not hit this incentive. It would just explain to me or tell me exactly how their negotiation went. And I would say it would then tell me whether or not you really feel like there's a chance he's coming back next year. That That is not the way you would treat a guy that you plan on keeping and having part of your long term. Yeah. So either you let him play and you try to let him get there and you give him a half to try to do it. Or to what you said, you announced that you were making him inactive. But, hey, as a token of your our appreciation, as a sign of good faith, we're going to give you this $1.25 million. You take this week off, and let's move forward to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting here because if you look at next year, we've talked about it on this show, but I'll just reiterate the point. Like, I, I don't think Chris Jones is with the Chiefs next year. We'll see how it all plays out, you know, what they end up doing as far as if they tag him and trade him or – just outright walk and maybe you get the the third round compensatory pick the next year. But I, I just don't think it's a situation where uh, he's going to be back. I think he'll command too, too much money that the chiefs are going to be willing to pay. And so with that in mind, you know, how do they handle this, this final game? It'll be, it'll be interesting to see one way or the other for sure. This is a side note. I didn't plan on asking you this, but it just popped up on my Twitter timeline. So I'll just go ahead and ask you, Brock Purdy has the most votes of any player for the Pro Bowl. Patrick Mahomes isn't in the top five. Is this one of those things where no one thinks that Patrick will actually go to the Pro Bowl? So why would you even vote for Patrick Mahomes? I'm looking at the top five right now. It's Purdy, McCaffrey, Tua, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey. They have the five most votes for the Pro Bowl. No, you know what it is? Uh, I just think it's this idea that Mahomes – has set the standard for himself. And so I'm sure folks nationally, right? Not everybody watches every single Chiefs game. I'm sure folks nationally have seen Mahomes struggle a lot more than they have in previous years. But when you pull up the statistics on this thing, he's fifth in yardage and still is having a a fantastic year, was able to get above 4,000 yards. And so I guess the general consensus is let's lean into the new. Let's lean into this successful 
team that successful teams like with a, a Brock Purdy. I don't get it. Uh, you know, uh, he has I, the most votes of any player in the NFL he, for the Pro Bowl. He's surrounded by a lot of talent uh, that I, you know, I think maybe Mahomes will have next year. Mahomes, Mahomes put together these solid numbers without, you know, having a, a ton of help than he maybe may have usually had. And so uh, it's a shame, but I mean, that's voting. Uh, you, you know, when you're talking about the whole league as far as the fans that vote in this thing, it's always going to be leaning into the new thing. And Brock Purdy is certainly the new thing. And he's got the whole story behind him with the final pick in the NFL draft and stuff. And like, you know, it, it's never going to get old in Kansas City for Patrick Mahomes to be an elite player, but it, it has gotten old from a national standpoint, when, especially when you don't have him on your team. So I think that's what you're seeing with that that voting. If Taylor really loved Travis, she would tweet out, vote for him to make the Pro Bowl, right? She would hashtag. That's, that's all she would do. You know the same if way they have the hashtag like him. Walter Payton yeah. Man of the Year? Just hashtag vote Kelsey. That's all she has to put. And Travis Kelsey would have enough votes to win president. I have something on on trailer. Uh, this is more of a personal thing. But oh, that's what you call him. I, I got hit up earlier today by Vanity Fair for just to interview me about like what has happened in Kansas. Like this is so Vanity far Fair far. wants to talk to Pete Sweeney about Taylor right. Swift. Not about me. Okay, my yeah. life. No. I mean no. I, I mean Let's you're clear. you're a stylish guy. So I thought maybe they <laughs> saw the beard. Yeah. They saw the plaid. They saw the flannel. You're wearing a nice sweater today. This Midwestern Kansas City Chiefs reporter says that you can wear plaid all year round. This, this article in Vanity Fair. No. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think I'm going to link up with them. And apparently there's a, a big story coming in Vanity Fair about the Chiefs and Taylor Swift and everything that's happened this year. So a lot of people are asking about Chris Jones. Was this in the old contract or the new one that he just signed? No. So this was the one that got him to end the holdout after the Lions game. Because you remember the Lions game, yes. he didn't play in that game. They then reached a new contract. So here's the details of the deal. He made $19.5 million as his base salary. So that is week two through 18. So that's his base salary. They gave him a $1 million bonus if he played 35% of the snaps for the Chiefs this season. They gave him a $1 million bonus if he played 50% of the snaps. I saw those two incentives as basically we're going to give you the opportunity to make up the money that you lost against the Lions mm -hmm. and also make up the money that you lost from training camp. We're not going to give you all of it back, but we're going to give you a chance that if you just, just stay healthy, we will give you a chance to get back a majority of the money that you lost in this negotiation. It's like, a good, like a good faith thing. So now if you want to make a raise, if you want to like why you were holding out is to get more money. Mm -hmm. Now's when you reach that point. So he has nine and a half sacks. He gets $1.25 million for 10 sacks. He needs a half sack to get an extra $1.25 million, a million and a quarter. He gets an additional 500000 if he gets the five sacks. I don't think that's going to happen. He gets a million dollars if he's first team all pro and the Chiefs make the Super Bowl. He gets $2 million if he wins defensive player of the year and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. So there's, I mean, I would say that Two of these are realistic. I mean, I guess they could still make the Super Bowl. But the sacks and the All-Pro, I think he has a really good chance of being first or second team All-Pro, even despite missing the first game of the season. Yeah, I think that that's reasonable. And I, I think the way that it was built also, too, was like, let's get you back in the building and let's have you ultra-motivated. I mean, these were tall tasks when it came to the statistics part of this, not just the snap percentage. And I think it was a... Good deal for the Chiefs to get him back in the building. He didn't quite get there, but he had a nice season, right? I think we'd all agree to that. And so we'll see. I, I 
it's just a it's an isolated little wrinkle in this game, and I'm just curious to see what happens. Right now, we're joined in studio by our guy Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. You know, let's take a quick break here. Okay. I want to bring you into a debate that we were having right before you got here that I heard on the New Heights podcast because I got to get Pete Sweeney's opinion on this. It doesn't matter. The yeah. hell with what Travis had to say or what Jason yeah. had to say. For sure. I want to know what Pete has to say no about doubt. this topic. No doubt about it. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deep Esquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. Tune in every day right at 2 o'clock for your chance to win a free pizza. Free is my favorite kind of pizza. Listen and win right here on 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kansas City, it's George Karlaftis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. So, Pete, forgive me if you have heard this prior to today. I had not heard this. It was my first time hearing this debate, this audio, earlier today. This is audio from the New Heights podcast. In 2023, it was the most popular sports podcast on all of Spotify. Wow. This is a debate that the Kelsey brothers were having. I went to Waffle House last week. Dude, Waffle House is tremendous. What do you get at the Waffle House? What's your go-to? Patty milk with the hash browns. I'm all-American breakfast. Sausage, over easy. I'm getting two waffles regardless. The waffles are unbelievable. I don't like fast food that's trying to be something that it's not. Waffle House isn't fast food. Well, it's the fast food of breakfast. What? What would you call it? It's a diner. It's different than a diner. It's a diner, but it's not a diner. It's literally modeled after a diner. I would not classify it as a diner. I would classify it as a Waffle House. See, you're calling it fast food, and it's not fast food. It's a f- diner. Have you ever been to a diner? Yes. It looks exactly like it. Diners are, are unique. Like, you're at Marty's Diner. Let's have that as a fan vote. Is Waffle House a diner? I don't think it's a diner. 100% a diner. Is IHOP a diner? No, it's a full-on f- restaurant that's a loose term for a restaurant if you ask me (laughs) so we've heard what travis and jason think Mm -hmm. what does pete sweeney think no do you think that waffle house is a diner no no it's its own thing i think it's a diner no i think it is a diner chain and that's what i think makes it unique there's no such thing as a diner chain 
A I chain would say is that, a chain. Uh, a diner is a diner. What was that? Uh, that place that was right around the corner with the with, with the burgers, steak and shake, steak and take, whatever yeah, that place was steak called. And shake, yeah. I mean, that was a diner. Let me let me tell you what's the difference here. That's so, what that place was called, right? The one around the corner. Yeah, steak that and shake. Yeah, if that's I, why it closed. If we had a three way call, <laughs> sa- <laughs> that's why I was out of here. If we had a three way call on Saturday morning, and I'm saying to you guys, you know, hey, do you want you want to go to a a diner with me? You know, you guys aren't really like all that excited. You'd be like, eh, I don't, you know, whatever like that. However, if I said to you guys, hey, you guys want to go to the Waffle House with me? You'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, we want to go. That's the difference. They are different things. I would be excited if you wanted to go to a diner. The no. diner always has. Now, hold on. Are there we would going- be a level of excitement higher if you if I said the words Waffle okay, House. Okay, but this is, this is where I, we're going to disagree a little bit, Pete Sweeney. Are we going to the diner for lunch? Are we going to the diner for dinner? Or are we going for late night <laughs> eats or breakfast? Those are two different things. Yeah, it just depends. Uh, I don't like, know. I, I love a good. If you're telling me we're going to a, if you called me at nine o'clock in the morning, yeah. and said there's this diner I would love to. T- you take me to Winstead's. You take me to City Diner down there oh, in the city river diner. market. Perfect. We yeah, go to that's City a diner. diner. That's I'm a diner. excited to yeah. go to City Diner where they got the hash browns right there on the grill. Mm-hmm. They got the omelets going, the ham and the cheese. Right. Oh, I'm thrilled about mm-hmm. it. What makes Waffle House not a diner? What makes City Diner different than Waffle House other than one is a chain? There's a there's a difference to the 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 new the I guess the aura that Waffle House brings to the table that a regular diner is just not gonna not gonna bring. And and so I don't even think it's in the same category. Uh, who do I agree with? I guess I agree with Jason in that sense, right? Or did, did he? No, say, yeah, no. Jason I is on the side Jason of this. Not someone says Waffle House is the Panera of breakfast. Is Panera fast food diner or a restaurant? I actually would put Panera in the sort of fast casual, kind of like what Chipotle is. I would put it in that category. Yeah, it's just hard to call what like our chain restaurants like, and anything like it's you know like a. A McDonald's is a McDonald's, right? It's it's not necessarily what you'd say, like, hey, do you want to go get dinner at a restaurant? And be like, well, where are we going? McDonald's. And you'd be like, well, that's not really a restaurant. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about Waffle House being a diner. Someone said Town Topic is a diner. Waffle House is not. You would just have to explain to me what is different about Town Topic. The way that it is set up, the kind of food that they serve. What makes Town Topic a different restaurant other than Waffle I, House, I think to- Topic has more diner to it than Waffle House because you can't get you can't get Town Topic everywhere. That's Hold part on, of I, it too. I love Town Topic, but I would say it's less diner than Waffle House because it doesn't serve like no, as because, much breakfast food as the Waffle House does. You can go sit in there and like get yeah. yourself an egg cream, and it, who, it has. Who can sit in Town Topic? Three people. <laughs> <laughs> you can only you can only seat four people. I don't, think, it, in town I don't topic. think Town Topic is a diner. I think it's more of a diner than I would consider Waffle House to be. I I don't think either are diners. To be fair here, what do you think about the IHOP? What would you consider IHOP to be? Again, it's own thing. Like. I, you yeah, know, I, I, chain. I, hop, I hop is a restaurant. I, yeah, I guess. I, I, this is my, this will be my argument. I think that I hop is in the same category as Applebee's red lobster olive garden. I think they are all the same kind. They just obviously serve different kind of foods. Like what's different about I hop than red lobster. Right. To me, I they're mean, the same. It, like the whole decor, the vibe of you going there, and they are the same. Those I would call those restaurants. To IHOP's credit, they do serve burgers now, which they had a a, a marketing thing for a, a couple of years ago. No, I you lo- got the burger from IHOP. No, I would never. Because I'm telling you right I would now, never if you, do it. If you went to IHOP and got the burger, 
You could never come back on this show. I again. would never do that. I, I I would tell Rob to take your key. I know you have a door key. Yeah. No. That's something I learned at a very young age. I don't know why my dad was so insistent of this, but he just like he always said you when you go to the restaurant, you get the restaurant's thing. Like these people you go out to dinner with, then you're going to a steakhouse and you know they're just like, I'll have the salmon. And it's like, <laughs> what do you get? You're gonna get the salmon? Why? No, I would never get a burger at a hep. What do you consider Denny's? Because we were having this because Denny's, they call themselves America's Diner. That's what Denny's calls themselves. But Denny's is a restaurant. It is a restaurant. Yeah, a diner cannot, like, be a chain to me. That, that, that to me. Like, if, if you enter the chain capacity, you have to be, like, a fast food, as you were describing, fast food, fast casual restaurant. A diner is, is something different. Where, like, you kind of get to know the old lady that worked there for 50 years. She kind of knows what you get. That type of what's her name, Doris. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a diner. Wow. Rob, whenever you hear the woman that Pete is talking about, explain her, describe her one more time for us. She's old and she she's worked there for fifty years. Already knows what your order is when you get it. She probably just got done with her cigarette break. Doris is coming up to you and and she's getting you the regular. That's a diner. What's her name? I don't know. She call, she just she calls everyone hun. That's yes. first oh, and foremost. Oh, definitely no, calls everybody. No What's about. up, hun? Yeah. The weird thing is, all of us can see the shoes of the woman you were talking about. Like you know, ex- you know exactly what color, what size, what model. Everybody knows what shoes Doris has on. Her hair Doris is mostly, has on pantyhose too. She's 100%. got mostly gray hair, but like there are still like some, a few brown strands left in that. Like you could see that it was brown at one point. But she pours the best cup of coffee oh, you've ever had in your time. life, and that you don't see the bottom of that cup you don't see it every time and doris is gonna make sure that your cup is never empty either never not one time no no she's she's great and she's been great for 50 years you know she gets a little bit uh annoyed when you order something off menu because you should know what the menu is in that place but that's a diner that's a diner i actually think that the person you're talking about i think she has a two-word name i think it's like becky joe And Sue. It's something like that. Doris Doris has two names. Amy Lynn. Yeah, something like that. It's definitely mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. She's got to have a little bit older lady name, though. It's like two older lady names, like Becky Joe. Becky <laughs> Joe. Yeah. And you know there's a rasp to the voice. Like, there's a little bit of that. That. Well, that's the I've, cigarette break coming I've through. Seen, you know, I've seen the world type of rasp. <laughs> Someone said you can order pie from Doris. <laughs> oh, Dor- Doris is going to give you an incredible dessert there recommendation. Are, there are several pies that they made earlier this morning. <laughs> One is out, but you can maybe get the other two. <laughs> We got our guy Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride here. Uh, we will actually do a little bit of Ask Pete for the new year. I mean, you know, this is this is the perfect time to do it with the Chiefs basically sure. having a fourth Let's preseason game. Coming up on the other side, Rob and I had a very spirited debate yesterday okay. about the Chiefs, and I would like for you to give us your opinion. I'll tell you what it is. Keep right here. It's the drive. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Chocolate Cake needs a good run game, good offensive line, needs elite weapons. I think that Chocolate Cake is a system quarterback. Brought to you by the Deep Pasquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Kansas City is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Pete Sweeney is here. You missed it. We were discussing. It was on the New Heights podcast. I'll play it for you if you missed it. They were having a debate on Waffle House and is it a diner or not. I went to Waffle House last week. Dude, Waffle House is tremendous. What do you get at the Waffle House? What's your go-to? Patty milk with the hash browns. I'm all-American breakfast. Sausage, over easy. I'm getting two waffles regardless. The waffles are unbelievable. I don't like fast food that's trying to be something that it's not. Waffle House isn't fast food. Well, it's the fast food of breakfast. What? What would you call it? It's a diner. It's different than a diner. It's a diner, but it's not a diner. It's literally modeled after a diner. I would not classify it as a diner. I would classify it as a Waffle House. See, you're calling it fast food, and it's not fast food. It's a f- diner. Have you ever been to a diner? Yes. It looks exactly like it. Diners are, are unique. Like, you're at Marty's Diner. Let's have that as a fan vote. Is Waffle House a diner? I don't think it's a diner. 100% a diner. Is IHOP a diner? No, it's a full-on f- restaurant that's a loose term for a restaurant if you ask me (laughs) someone on the text line says a diner doesn't serve alcohol when a restaurant does it's like oh that's a good one that's a good one i don't know if that's true anymore i just feel like a lot of breakfast places like diners have like unlimited mimosa deals which would rule that out Okay, I'm just I'm just telling you what the text line says. The text, the text line says a diner. Text line says a lot You've been of to a diner with mimosas? I think I have. Oh, that, it's, come on, it's Pete Sweeney. Come on, right, it's, right. Pete, it's Pete Sweeney. The, the two things seem in opposition. It's Pete mimosas, <laughs> buying a champagne drink at a diner yeah, seems like just, a mistake. A little, a little bubbly. Do you think that Taylor Swift has ever eaten at a Waffle House? Yes, I'm going to say yes. Okay, just I was curious. Maybe it, maybe it was a, a Waffle House that had to be cleared out. I was just curious. But has know. she been to Town Topic? That no, we would know. We would know. (laughs) We would know if she's been to town topic. I think not yet, right? Like at some point here, I'm sure she'll hit all the uh, Kansas City favorites. Should this uh, this lovely relationship continue to blossom, right? Do you have a prediction for the relationship in 2024? (laughs) The prediction for the relationship in 24? I I think they're getting married in 24. No, I I think we. I I think they are getting engaged in 2024. That's possible, but I don't know. No, I don't think they're getting married. If you're asking me, like. Carrington, what prediction do you have? I think at some point next football season, I think we get an announcement that they're getting married. Oh, man. 
I don't know. Let's just see. Let's just see how it goes. Let's let's look. It's going incredibly well. Well, it's hard. It's going. I know you and I both know people that have. Been, it is going incredibly well. That's if you want my prediction. I I think they're getting married. Yeah, and that would be great. You know, I wish I wish them I wish them the best. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. I I think they're getting engaged this year. I don't know if I don't know if I'm ready to, to go there. I mean, hopefully Travis gets that third ring because I don't know if he's getting one this season with the Chiefs. Wow. Okay. See that segue? You okay. see how I did see, that? That was a good one. I no, mean, you're I mean, not gonna give me that one. Who, you're not gonna give me that one, but it was a good I'm, one. You know who's not getting it? That's your Chargers. They find themselves out of the playoffs. <laughs> Here's Nate Taylor. For the Chiefs, again, uh, as I wrote in the Athletic, the second half was about them playing their best version of Marty Ball. Yep. Hand the ball off, check that thing down, maybe get an explosive player to let the defense continue to make, uh, you know, counter-punching plays. And, you know, if you got to take the three, take the three because the defense is doing its job and you can rely on the defense and that's the unit you can trust the most. So that was Nate Taylor. He was on the midday show yesterday. I have created four a four-step checklist for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, this is going to be good. I know it. Run the football. Whew. Limit mistakes. Mm. Play good defense. You know what? I don't even. I just need three of them now. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm across. Run the football. Limit mistakes. <laughs> no. Control the line of scrimmage. That was my fourth. Well, it's, I'll tell you what the most important fourth is going to be. Spy Lamar Jackson when you get to that game. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Oh, no, uh, that is a good one too. That'll be the key. Uh, yeah, I mean, I people don't people know how I feel. I think the Chiefs can go far. I just you know they have to limit their mistakes. If they make mistakes once they get past uh, the wild card round, they're going to lose. And and you know it's been a year full of turnovers. I mean, it, it's just uh, not something we've seen in previous seasons. If they do that. Once you get to the divisional round and beyond, you're going to lose the game. And uh, so it's it's kind of up to them. I mean, I do think they have the talent to win at least this AFC side of the grand NFL playoff tournament here. Um, but we'll see. I, you know, like I said, it it's, it's a year with a lot less margin for error. Like, I don't think you're getting down 21 points against the Houston Texans and somehow managing – to, to come back and win that game. Uh, so uh, it's a wire-to-wire good effort in the playoffs, and we'll see what they can do, how far they can go. The reason I give you that formula of run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, play good defense, limit mistakes is I think that is going to force the Chiefs to play a style and take on an identity that they've never had to in these kind of games. At any given moment, in any playoff game that Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback – you knew the Chiefs were probably going to score 30, and it was going to force the other team's offense to keep up. Yep. That they could win a 38-35 like in the Super Bowl, a 35-31. Like, look at what their points per game is in postseason games. You were going to need to score to beat Kansas City, and it was not realistic for you to play this ball control, sit on it, control. That was not going to beat Kansas City. I also think maybe that's who they are right now. That instead of this being a postseason in which Patrick Mahomes throws it around the yard and has 400 yards, no, this is a Isaiah Pacheco gets 23 touches. Right, right. This is a simple formula to me. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less of everything else. And if you lean into Pacheco, you could start to take your shots. Like yeah. you're finally seeing that uh, a little bit with with the the two downfield passes. I put this 
out on X earlier today uh, that Rasheed Rice was the the. Yo, six, stop calling it that. The sixty-seven <laughs> yarder. Car- Carol and Doris do not want you to call Twitter X. Stop <laughs> it! I'm not letting you do that in 2024. Yeah, when I po- stop, so it. I posted this on X earlier today, and the sixty-seven yarder down the sideline. Uh, that was uh, over 20 air yards in the longest pass of the year. And Mahomes actually was two for three uh, for 108 yards when it came to the deep passing. This game with the air yards over 100, it's the first time that that happened, uh, the, deep, the deep passing happened since Tyreek Hill left the team. And so they're, they're starting to get back to it. And like I said, I don't think you necessarily are going to suddenly be this deep passing team. But if you're leaning to Isaiah Pacheco and he's having his way, then all of a sudden I think it does open up that type of option for you here and there in the game. And if you can hit those and you start to show a little bit of that sign of the old Chiefs, that's a scary uh, thing for, I think, the opposing team to to watch happen in, in a playoff game. I think the Chiefs just need to embrace who they are this year. And this year's team is a grinded-out, play-good-defense team. Smash mouth. They used to be a high-performance sports car. That's not what they are now. No. They need to be a truck. What do they need to be? A truck. Nothing wrong with a truck. Patrick Mahomes throws it 20, 25 times, limits mistakes, play, you know, he throws for 245 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You run the ball incredibly well. You win the turnover margin. You play good defense. Like, that is the formula for this team to win these games. You got to think about it. I mean, their path could be. It could be. Let's say that let's say that things go according to favorites and who we expect to win these games. Their path could be Miami on the road against Buffalo, on the road against Baltimore in three straight weeks. Three straight weeks. If you're not playing a grinded out style, I don't think you're beating all three of those teams in three straight weeks. N- not with how they've played over the last two months. They've given us no reason to think with how they've been trying to beat teams that you were going undefeated in that three-game stretch. You were losing to one of those teams. If you lean into Pacheco, you really try to protect the ball, you got a shot. Yeah, and I I think because it's so often these, uh, especially nowadays, these outstanding offenses that lead a team to winning Super Bowls, we just sometimes forget that there have been, as you were describing, CDOT, with the defensive first team, those trucks in the past that have won where the offense maybe wasn't, up to snuff, so to speak. Like you look at the 2000 Ravens and O2 Bucks, one of those early Patriots teams, the O3 team. Uh, if you want to get a little bit uh, more recent, the Steelers in 08 or or the Broncos in 15, where they had completely fallen off when it came to offense because Peyton Manning was at the end of his career. Like, and and uh, for those teams, if you're comparing the, these Chiefs to those teams, the Chiefs' offense is not as bad as those teams' offenses were, and so. I think you're right. You lean on the defense. You do, and you lean into what you do well on offense, which right now is running the football and here and there getting it into your playmaker's hands. Rasheed Rice uh, has proven to be a guy they're going to have to rely on if they're going to pull this thing off. And so you are what you are at this stage. You're not going to suddenly have this offensive firepower. I think we're all fair to say that at, at this stage. But win, win four complete games in the postseason. And guess what? You're at you're at the place that you wanted to be uh, from the beginning. Just looked a little different. And Man, would this be uh, a reason for the rest of the AFC to put their heads down? If the Chiefs could pull it off this year, man, you got to be looking at yourself and looking at your franchise and saying, look, we're never going to do it. I mean, until Patrick Mahomes is done, we're never going to do this. Yeah, no, it's it's over. 
It's got to be this year. For if, you, if you're Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson right. and you don't, I mean, now if you lose to one of those other guys, it's different. But if you're Buffalo and Baltimore and you don't get your first Super right. Bowl appearance this year, you may never go to the Super Bowl. It's a rip your heart out type of circumstance. Like, Everyone knows the Chiefs are a little bit weaker offensively this year. I mean, they are. And, never, you know, everyone knows it. Uh, you've seen it all over the place. So the Chiefs are, are not a team expected to be in the Super Bowl. If you don't get it done this year, if you're the Ravens and, and you're right, like if the Bills are finally peaking at the right time, if you don't pull this off and you suddenly let the Chiefs back into the Super Bowl, you're going to be sick if you're one of these other teams. Pete, I'm going to give you a little bit of credit for something. Oh, I don't want to give you God credit dang. for this. I do like credit. But I'm going to give you a little bit of it. Especially when it's extra. I feel like we are now overreacting to the Eric Bieniemy thing. Mm. Like last season, Eric Bieniemy didn't do anything. Right. Had no role on the team. Why are you even here <laughs> last year on the team? Like none. You know what I mean? Why Why are you here last Except year? Except when the offense performed poorly, then of course. Then he was the one calling the plays. Yeah, get him out yeah, of here when you're yes. the offensive coordinator. Now that he is gone, mm-hmm. he, was the, he was the glue holding this thing together. They were going to fall apart. Without him. It is so outrageous. Like, why does it have to be the extreme on both ends? Now, I'm not saying that Eric Bieniemy wasn't a guy that was going to, hey, go up to Pat, hey, you're doing this. There was a fire, right. obviously. Uh, obviously. But n- now, to me, we have given Eric Bieniemy way too much credit. And w- when before, like, we are now overcompensating for three years of not giving him credit for anything that happened with the Chiefs offense. Look, I think he was an important part of the offense while he was here, just like Andy Reid's current staff is part of what makes the offense, you know, itself. I don't think, but like, even like with the years where it was before Biennemi with Doug Peterson and, and Matt Nagy and Brad Childress as the coordinators, it's just like, man, thinking that any of these guys have any real weight on as far as like what the offense is going to look like, I just think it, it's always been a mistake. Uh, it's always Andy Reid coming up with the the opening script. It's always Andy Reid with the final decisions. And he does make it collaborative. He's one of the best coaches at grooming coaches. And so I think along the way you learn a little bit. But just as far as taking blame or credit while a coordinator is here is just crazy. And here's the other thing about the Eric Bieniemy thing that really bothers me. It's well, you know what? No one is being held accountable because he's not here. Things would be so much better if the enemy was here. I like the enemy. I think he's a great guy. I think he deserves a head coaching opportunity for everything the Chiefs were able to accomplish while he was here. That being said, it ain't like he was sitting at home this year. You know what he was doing? He was running an offense in Washington that is 24th in the NFL. And granted, they don't have some of the weapons that Patrick or that the Chiefs have. They don't have Patrick Mahomes. They don't have Travis Kelsey. They don't have this budding receiver in Rasheed Rice. But they got Terry McLaurin. They have Sam Howell, who I thought at times was pretty good this year. I'm not asking you if you're Eric Bieniemy to have this Washington offense in the top 10, can we at least maybe be the middle of the league where you're running the show? Like it's not like he's at home doing nothing. He is in Washington with a bottom third offense. We see that we can see that with our own eyes. I never have gotten the Eric B blame. I never have gotten the Eric B credit. I don't understand the people crying that the chiefs miss him. Now I just don't get it. It's Andy Reid. Andy Reid runs this show he develops good coaches, and he deserves all the credit and sometimes all the blame. And the point I made yesterday was, like, we talk a lot about the accountability. Like, some of that accountability has to come from within, right? Like, I have a boss, yeah. you have a boss. Yes. You also, like, manage other people. Like, at right. some point, 
I shouldn't have to keep telling you these things. You guys should kind of manage and govern each other. And, hey, in order to avoid us having these conversations, you guys kind of need to set the tone. Like, if we are still talking about personal accountability in week 18 of the NFL season, it is way more than just, hey, this coach isn't telling me to do what I need to do. Sometimes we all get out of line and your boss comes to you and like, hey, get back on track. But a lot of those conversations, right. it should come from you got a Hall of Fame coach. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback. If Pat goes over there and tells you something, hey, I need you to pick it up and you're not responding well to Patrick Mahomes telling you this, then maybe this pro football thing just ain't for you. And you know what? There is like and, and it, it maybe accountability looks a little bit different here, like. We're about to enter a game, and Blaine Gabbard admitted it today. Like, Kadarius Tony's could be playing a lot in this game. I, I, granted, like, it wasn't this hard. You know, you can see a coach screaming at Tony uh, on the, the sideline. You saw the frustration from Patrick Mahomes. And, yes, he's now been injured for a few games here. But it's not like they're like, you know what, let's get you fully rested for the wild card round. It's like, no, let's, let's put you out there because we have to put somebody out there. There is different ways for – a coaching staff to hold players accountable. And, and maybe it looks a little bit different than last year, but Eric Bieniemy not being here is not the reason the Chiefs offense have, has had its, its struggles. The reasons have been because you saw grand regressions from Marquez Valdez-Scantling, from Kandarius Tony, both on the field and off the field as far as being able to stay on it, and uh, Sky Moore as well. I think they really thought Sky Moore would develop. And look, that those are problems, but it has nothing to do to me, in my opinion here, with the coaching staff. You know that there is always like, you know, last year, Sunday night football, the Packers were at home. All you had to do was win and you made the postseason and you lost at home to the Lions. There's going to be that thing that happens this week in the league. What do you think that it is? Like a, a something crazy happened? Just something that, like, you and I both, like, I, I certainly didn't think the Lions were going to go into Lambeau on Sunday night football and in Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay. I thought they would make the postseason uh, last season. Is there something like that you can potentially see happening to end to end uh, week 18. Well, yes. I think a lot of people are and I, you know I'm doing it a little bit myself cuz I think the Bills are a better team than the Dolphins, but I think a lot of people are just assuming especially with the Dolphins injuries that they're going to roll over and the Bills are just suddenly going to get the the number 2 seed. But I wouldn't be maybe as stunned as everyone else if after this really nice run after the bye week, certain things play a certain way. Dolphins pull off the upset and Buffalo finds itself on the outside looking in just kind of as we thought when they were around 500 in the middle of the year. I think that's on the table because, like, when you, you know, we've seen it in Kansas City. When you're talking about in division games, they can really go either way. And this game, uh, to me, is in Miami. And if you really look at the rest of the things that would have to happen for Buffalo to be on the outside looking in, all are possible and all are feasible. And that, what a shock that would be to suddenly have the Bills not even in the dance. And it's for sure in the realm of possibility this week. That is our guy, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, joining us on the show today. Pete, this was – this really showed your range oh, I of a guest today. We got some Kansas City, a little bit of Diner, a yeah. little bit of – I mean, you just – this was – you're a five-tool player. Man. My spectrum is wide. You're a five-tool <laughs> player. Wide, I don't know wide. if I want to comment on your spectrum. My spectrum. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, um, keep that wide, over there. <laughs> it is a wide range. Yeah, <laughs> keep that over there. Uh, someone on the text line asked a really, really good question. Pete, you might want to hear this question. Hold on. Someone on the text line asked this. You might even want to stay here for this segment. CDOT, I haven't gone on a first date in four years because I was in a relationship, but now I'm in a new one. Where does a couple in our late 20s go on Friday? 
I've been out of the game for too long. I, I, I can't. I am qualified to help this person. <laughs> I'm going to let you handle this. I, I got to get out of here. I am qualified to help you if you need this advice. And that's what we're going to do next is the drive. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.